0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and
1: healthy port beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030.
2: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: Our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibility I say "One Mississippi, there's a magnolia dream." It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world class outdoors of the state of Mississippi. You know what? It's uh, it's really cool to have you here every Monday on the powerful Super Talk Radio Network. We are we are thrilled to have you here. But if you're listening on uh, Super Talk TV at C Spire TV or Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast. It's October the seventeenth, two thousand and twenty-two. As I mentioned to you, we uh, we planted our food plots a uh, weekend before last. We got a smidgen of rain, and before we sort of tell the story of our food plots, I'm going to go ahead and bring my guest in today, who's been doing sort of a, a rain dance as well, <clears throat> along with <clears throat> so many of us across the state of Mississippi. I want I uh, to welcome Mossy Oaks' Ronnie Cus Strickland, the Super Talk Outdoors. How you doing, Ronnie?
4: Good morning. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I can relate to the rain dance. We we could talk about that all day. I just did a little survey of mine yesterday. So it's, you know, worry about it a lot. It's not like we're making a cash crop to make a living. It's just deer food. But, man, it's important.
3: It really, really is, I saw the pictures you posted and you got some good green coming up. Hey, listen, we tried a no till drill on one of our farms. Uh, Travis Dunn, our farmer and really good friend, uh, helped us plant that. We planted some some uh, a good mixture around some standing soybeans. And uh Kyle will show you a picture here shortly for the for the SuperTalk TV and YouTube audience. You can see if you look close, you can see in those lines of the no-till drill, you've got some some mixture starting to come up. And back in the back there, incidentally, is uh, the soybeans, and then that's actually a finger. It's surrounded by by woods, but. um that's at least one of our farms is having a little bit of success. Hopefully we'll get some rain soon and won't get fried over there. But, man, we're not alone in uh, sort of trying to overcome dust and
4: heat, are we? Oh, I'm telling you, it's, it's it's all out through the Midwest. I post a lot of stuff on Instagram and Facebook, and I get comments from all over. It's like, man, you don't know what dry is, and, you know, they're, they're finding deer from, you know, perish from EHD and stuff, so we're, we're not alone in this fight
5: by any stretch.
3: Hey, listen, you and I are going to chat about lots of things today, but I wanted to start from uh, an interesting spot that might, might surprise people to some extent who are coming to this show to just learn about the outdoors. I was, I was thinking about you, because, and some of the people that you have the opportunity to come in contact with in your career, on your podcast, A Fistful of Dirt, which I I, I very much enjoy. We'll talk more about that shortly. I was thinking about the people I've seen in my career. I was a CEO for the for 16 years, publisher of newspapers, involved in some major digital efforts later in my career, and I was thinking about the kind of people that I come into contact with who've had really extreme success, and what are the kind of things that they would tell you if, uh, if you were to ask them to give you some advice? And um, what I what I thought I would share with you some thoughts about that, and then I want to I want to get your thoughts because you've also been around some incredibly successful people, and um, and and I think you'll relate to what I'm going to share with you. But this is just something I wrote in the last couple of days, just a just a couple of quick paragraphs. But here it is. Um, First of all, what they would tell you is that they have a mindset that succeed or collapse trying, and uh, if they were to really give you very specific advice, here's what it would be. You have to be willing to go all in. Uh, You've got to be willing to blow up the mothership, which is essentially saying there's not going to be a fallback plan. The fallback plans are for those who are not committed. The fallback plan is for those who are expecting to lose. Uh, You've got to be driven forward with that reality. And from that reality comes a really concrete clarity around the goal that's in front of front of you that's all that matters there's no other place to land you must be willing to put yourself in a position where you're leaning hard toward the goals full of fear uncertainty and doubt in this place ambiguity is both your friend and your enemy it is a place where you're forced to make sense of it all, where extreme focus is your only hope. It's a 24 hour, seven day place. The goal in front of you is driving you, it's pushing you. All of, the, of your experience, your passion, your energy, your skills, drive, connections, relationships, money, and your future is on the line. You are a 12 cylinder engine hitting on all cylinders. There's no, there's a near emotionless drive. There's extreme discipline. The fact that what is in front of you is hard, doesn't matter. That focus helps you overcome fear. Cause I could go on. But when you think about yourself in the early days of video and you think about Toxie and people like Will Primos or so many other amazing people you've had on your podcast, a fistful of dirt and and people you've met in the industry, that sounds familiar, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, it it really does. I, I can remember when uh, I went to work for Toxie and, uh, you know, or when I went to work for Will, you know, I said, I was thinking, man, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm, I'm getting paid not a lot, not much to go film turkey hunts. And, you know, we were rolling along and, and uh, you know, I sat down with my wife one night and she's like, look, I know you're having a good time and all that. This, this ain't cutting it. And, uh, and I knew where she was coming from. You know, there, nobody had any money back then. Will Primos was just rolling Tyson was just getting started. Nobody had any money. And and we, as a, as a team, decided, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try this and we're gonna go all in. And I'm gonna give it my best effort. But yeah, that that uh, being relentless. And you said you said something that struck home about nothing to fall back on i heard and i can't remember who it was i think it was maybe been telling you said i never i never planned on falling back when you fall you have to fall forward and see what's good see what's coming next uh i wrote a chapter in a book called my big break and i'll never forget this i was at a nwtf event big deal you know the convention they have and the videos had run some of their course and that a lot of people recognized me and i was sitting there signing hats and there was one person after another which was mind-blowing but anyway there was a couple of guys sitting to the side they just kept staring And, and i knew they i knew one of them he was in the calling contest much better turkey caller than i was and he was sitting there kind of scoured and he came over after the line died down. He didn't introduce himself or he just looked me square in the eye and he said, what what exactly was your big break? And I thought about it for a second and I said, you know, I think it was that consecutive stream of 70 hour work weeks at the sports store, sweeping the floor, cleaning the bathroom and just being relentless. And his buddy laughed and walked off, and I was like, "Well, I probably should have done better." But it's—I uh, got some great advice one time from a guy I was working from. He, I was like, "What can I? What can I do to be better?" And I he said, "Just be the go-to guy. When something needs to be done, you be the go-to guy, and don't worry about, you know, are you going to get a raise? Or are you going to get paid for that hour? You just be the go-to guy." And have that relentless mindset, which is everything you were talking about in that piece, in my opinion.
3: Well, because it's interesting. When you think about the early days of the turkey shoots that you guys sort of revolutionized how this was going to be done. And then you think about where you are today with some, something like a, a fistful of dirt podcast and all the points in between. One of the things that's, that's made this work for you guys, made it work for you. That's made it work for Toxie and Will and so many others that you come in contact with along the way is the ability to adapt. And one of the things that you talk about a lot on your podcast is the fact that the key to success is to be able to tell a good story. People wanna be inspired. They really wanna be inspired. Now look, we live in a digital world where there's so much fragmentation in our lives and all that, but, but the, the outdoors is the one time when we can sort of put all that stuff aside and and really share a passion out there. That that part has really never changed. What has changed is maybe the delivery tool, the way you're able to connect with people and tell those same stories. But but your ability to adapt has really been that's also been relentless, hasn't it?
4: It has. You know, when uh, we were getting ready to start the podcast. This was my youngest daughter, Lauren. This was all her idea. She came to me and she said, "Pop, you you really need a podcast." And I'm like, "Okay, what's well, a podcast?" I I, I and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay on top of things. Anyway, I went and listened to a bunch of them and I told her, I said, I don't like any of them. So we came up with a, a different kind of format. And I had been, along with everybody else, amazed at how fast it grew, how big it got. And she pointed something out to me. I got a pretty big Instagram following for an old guy. You I mean, not? not, yeah. people do it. You're really good at it. And she said, look at these insights. And I have like 51,000 followers and they're males between 15 and 28 years old. She said, you know, what what they like about it is stories. And I was always very hesitant to uh, tell stories. She said, no, you need more stories because they ain't got their own yet. <laughs> hey,
3: that's actually, that's brilliant, actually. That's brilliant. Hey, listen, we're coming to the end of this segment. We're going to pick it up on the other side with C- Cuz Strickland. And uh, to talk a little bit more about his partner that he was just talking about just then. She's been a great inspiration for him. We probably shouldn't have invited her to be part of the show. We'll see you on the other side uh, right after this break. Mississippi
6: to this land called home, I'll breathe Mississippi till I'm dead and-
2: Years. Don't just get a job, get a career with great salary and benefits. The Mississippi Department of Corrections has just increased your salary by ten percent. If you qualify, you can be a corporal, sergeant, captain, or major with base salaries ranging from over thirty-six thousand to over forty-seven thousand dollars. Add to that retirement medical benefit package is up to seventeen thousand more, all with paid-on-the-job training not far from where you live. Visit MDOCMS.gov to apply today. That's MDOC.ms.gov.
1: Having any electrical problems? Valley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. Valley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at LaValyservices.com. That's lavallieservices.com.
6: Reeds Metals pole barns are a great economical solution for recreational equipment and livestock or to be used as equipment product sheds. They're lightweight and easy to install. Trusses are available in preset sizes or may be custom ordered. Plus, we have many profile options. Over 20 colors to select from and a written 45-year paint warranty. Call Reeds Metals in Brookhaven at 866-604-4949 or stop by 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast in Brookhaven. Online, by direct and save at reedsmetals.com.
2: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors, it's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
3: Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Cus Strickland with us today. And we talked a little bit about food plots, but then we talked a little bit about success and being able to adapt and hang in there. And now we're actually at a part of the conversation that, that, uh, that I want to refer to as, uh, the stories really matter. One of the, you talked about insights. And what you were talking about is from social media, you're able to actually get insights on the demographics of people who are listening or watching. And I get the same thing. I have a show on the coast called Coast View, and it's a long-form show. Usually, one person for the entire show for a whole hour. And uh, you know, sometimes we'll have two people, like like we're doing today on Super Talk Outdoors. But what I, what I see is that um, it's got a good spread across demographics, but it tends to skew a little bit older. I'm able to actually contrast that with the, the, the insights I get from Super Talk Outdoors, where it skews younger. It, I mean, the, the, a really great young audience is paying attention to this show. Uh, which is one of the reasons why I thought it was important to sort of add a little something today about success. But I remember a conversation when you had Will. You had Will Primos for a two-part series. And one of the points that that Will made in there was that you probably couldn't do it again, what you guys did then. But I want to argue, actually, I think you can. I think there's still a place, especially when you're talking about the outdoors, for long-form conversations, for long-form stories. People want to hear... You I know mean, what's behind the people that are out there in the outdoors. That's what you're discovering too on fistful of dirt, isn't it?
4: Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, we get lots of comments on uh, the podcast, and, and and the number one number one comment, without question, is man, we want more stories. We want more stories, and what they want to be is motivated. So I've kind of centered around that. I, I love telling stories. I've never felt like they were that entertaining. Apparently, they are to that younger group. But uh, they, they want to know, you know, what the secret sauce was, what happened. Uh, and and I'm, I think what Will was referring to was timing, because there was no outdoor industry when we started all this. We kind of watched all that unveil, as did you. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. And I think the outdoors is... You know what brings all those people together. Uh, We did a thing. I sit on the board of the National Deer Association, formed the QDMA, and we have this field to fork program. And the way that thing got started, they they would we. I didn't go to the first one. They go to a farmers market, cooking and, and and giving away venison, and people were like, Oh, I would love to do that. So we did a hunt and it was the first time I had 30 people and it was the most diverse crowd you can ever imagine. They were all enthralled with that hunting and getting their own protein, where my food comes from. The audience is out there. You just gotta grab them and hold them. You know, the, the competition is fierce right now. Digital is everywhere. So you gotta have some kind of niche and that storytelling and inspiration I think it's something the outdoors has over anything else that's my opinion
3: because i think lauren's gut on that is perfect and of course that's where you are today and if you listen to your podcast clearly that's where it is you know i learned something early early in my career it was about marketing it said when you're sick of hearing something you've heard it a 20 times already some people are just hearing it for the first time and i think what happens is as we get older we may take for granted all the experience that we've gotten you know it's it's kind of we, we've thought about it a lot we've we, we've talked about it a lot you know we don't think anybody wants to hear about it but when you're talking about the outdoors you know a story that you may have told a hundred times we might have told it a thousand times there's still a lot of people out there who've never heard it the first time and I think the key is, and I think you're doing a good job with this on the podcast, is to keep it fresh. You know, to 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 recognize that so many people are listening to that show for so many different reasons. One of the things that hit me, I go back and think about the Mossy Oak's TV shows, and I think about Will Primos' TV shows, the early days. And my dad, he liked to he liked to squirrel hunt, he liked to dove hunt. He didn't like he didn't deer hunt, so I didn't grow up deer hunting. And I remember a, a story on your podcast when you and Will were talking, and Will said somebody came up to him and said his dad didn't hunt, and he learned how to hunt from Will you know, and you guys from, from these shows. And it hit me that that's what I've done. I, that's how I learned how to hunt better, watching these shows. You know, you don't have to be young to be inspired in that way. And that's what it's all about. I mean, I think you have a tremendous opportunity to even take it even to the next level as you continue to share your life's experience, which is incredible. You think about where you've been, because it's easy to forget about those journeys,
4: isn't it? It, it really is. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm so humble. I still get, you know, embarrassed when somebody asks me to sign a hat or shake the hand, whatever. But it's crazy. But. You know, one, one thing that really sticks out to me, and I'm very proud of here at Masio, is I, I do a, a lot of speaking engagements for whatever reason. If it's a lot of church, wild game suppers, if I have an open date, I'm going. But anyway, I did one about six months ago, and there was a big crowd. This lady came up afterwards. She had three boys. They stair steps. They looked like 12, 10, and 8. And she said, uh I put your podcast on their phones. Well, I was shocked they had a phone, but I said, really? And she said, "Yes." Yeah. she said they love hunting and fishing, but Fistful of Dirt's the only one that's G-rated and I don't <laughs> listen to it ahead of time. And I went, wow. And that wasn't a marketing ploy on our part. It's just kind of how we roll. So, you know, with that notoriety comes, to me comes responsibility. You know, that's why I'm always, Quoting facts about the, the, the trapping and relocating and wildlife restoration because we have paid for all of that. And you need to make sure that's part of the message. And and people like to wear that like a badge, but you don't always get that information through social media. So everybody's always worried about posting that giant deer pic or this kind of selfie. And I did very little of that. Number one, I don't kill that many giant deer. I got grandsons I'm trying to hunt. But you got to be uh, cognizant of what's what you're talking about, and people pick up on that. If you're just trying to sell them something the whole time, boom, they'll move on. Yeah, people, look, listen, man. People are smart.
3: They 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 sense authenticity, and they know when they're being lied to. And it's so important just to be. You know, who you are what you are <laughs> where you are and let that be what speaks because you know if, if you're not people will see right through that you can't succeed in a show like this if you try to fake it that there's no question about that is there
4: no none whatsoever that's why your show does so well and you know our format for the podcast was kind of unique in that hey, here's an interview format and i'll do something that journalists and i don't consider myself a journalist I send the questions to the person ahead of time, and when I found that it does two things. Number one, it relaxes them and lets them see that I did some research, and number two, it always spawns a good question from them, like, well, hey, can I talk about this? And mainly I want them comfortable. I want them telling their story. I always start with their background. How were you raised? And those successful people... You know, lucky for them, they all have a similar story about how they were raised. If somebody was giving them those values, giving them those morals, giving them that work ethic. And and that's the secret. You know, I, I'm, I understand college and all that, but, man, the mental part of success is just having that hardcore work ethic, which you just wrote about. And uh, once people get that, man, the sky's the limit, I think.
3: Hey, listen, I took my granddaughter a meal of fishing. I live on the water in Biloxi, so we just went for about 30 minutes and caught a nice redfish. And I posted a video at uh, Super Talk Outdoors' Facebook page, and people love to see stuff like that. But people, you know, it's interesting. You go through these stages in life where you're giving back to your kids, and now you're giving back to your grandkids. And I've watched you sort of go through that, you know, those seasons of your life. It's to me now. The only thing that really matters is spending quality time with my kids and grandkids out in the outdoors. You know, if if we if we shoot a deer or whatever, that's great.
4: But man, that's not what it's about, is it? No, not not even close. It's, it, especially with, you know, I had all girls, and that was awesome. One of them was went down the athletic road, and we won. We actually won the SA World Championship in softball when she was eleven. So that was our whole life for a while. Lauren, I called her my little Ted Nugent. She loved hunting, buddy. I mean, she loved it. And just the time we spent, they both ended up marrying outdoor kind of guys. And they want their kids in the outdoors. And you can just see these little things. I got stories that 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 I tell when I do those speaks. And people just go, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. And look, everybody wants that. Yeah. They, they may not have that dad or that uncle that 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 took them but they they want that it's the most natural thing ever best interview i did ever was with gene winsell and he was talking about hunting and gathering and he said it's an instinct just like drinking water or breathing air and it is and it's so natural people want that and i think it's kind of our job to say all right here's an easy way to get in you know, getting outside and hunting and fishing ain't like golf. If you want to play golf, you can go to the country club and get a lesson, 30 minutes for $30. You can't do that with hunting. you got to have that mentor. So we got to kind of find easier ways to get them involved so they can make their own stories.
3: We're coming to the end of this our time together. We're going to get back together again soon, Cuz. But th- just one final point, that's why the work of the Foundation, the Wildlife the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, your work, Mossy Oak's work, Primo's out. I can just go down a long list. All the efforts to bring children into the outdoors so they can, if they don't get it from their kids, they can certainly get it from others. That's why your show and shows like this are so important where they can find their connection back to the outdoors. Just right. You're tapping into something in their DNA, and then it just flows after that. Listen, my friend, it's been a pleasure to spend some
4: time with you. Thank you so much. I'd love to come back and talk some more. I know you We're gonna
3: we're gonna have you back regularly, man. It'd be great to have you back. Hey, I- this has been Cuz Strickland. When we come back we're gonna continue the conversation. We'll see you after this.
1: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly cloudy conditions with some sun here and there, high near 73. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 42. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 58. Tuesday evening, frost in the forecast, clear skies and cold, low around 33. And for your Wednesday, sunny conditions, high near 62. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaren Mercantile since 1871. For all your dear camp needs, stop by today. Gaddis McLaren Mercantile in downtown Bolton.
2: I would buy her the moon if I could, but I've got to stick to my budget. John and Corey, how can I afford... The diamond she really wants.
5: You know, I think you'll be genuinely surprised by how much diamond you can afford at Juniker Jewelry Company. Because here you will
6: find 10 times the diamonds and engagement rings of average jewelry stores. And the true diamond experts to help you put it all together. The diamond engagement ring of her dreams is right here, right now, at Juniker Jewelry Company. And with multiple financing options and good credit, it can be remarkably affordable. We even have diamond engagement rings complete with your choice of center diamonds, starting at under $2,000. So... What are you waiting for? Go ahead. Give her the moon. We make it easy at Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer.
0: Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in
1: Madison, and online at junikerjewelry.com. Juniker Jewelry. Because love can't wait.
0: Son, get in the car!
2: Old car really scary? Well, now is the time to upgrade to a brand new vehicle from Mazda of Jackson. Every car, SUV, and crossover in stock is priced to move with ghoulish deals. <laughs> get super low 1.9% financing for 60 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And get 2.9% financing for 36 months on the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Plus, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Is your credit history scary? Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. No tricks, <laughs> just a whole lot of treats at Must of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397-955 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MustUpJackson.com.
0: With a book, like, no, see you for details.
6: At Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, customer satisfaction is always our top priority, and we're dedicated to providing the highest quality materials available. Ask about our metal panel profile offerings with over 20 colors, all backed by a written 45-year S&P paint warranty, plus all your roofing accessories, underlayment, insulation, lathing boards, anchor bolts, pipe boots, pole barn kits, and more. Call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven at 866-604-4949. Buy direct and save, reedsmetals.com. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to
7: Super Talk, Mississippi News. The second suspect has been arrested after an early Sunday morning hit-and-run in Oxford, left one dead and another critically injured. Both 24-year-old Seth Rokitka and 18-year-old Tristan Holland are now in custody of OPD. This is an ongoing story and we'll update you as we learn more. And while the labor force participation rate for single mothers in Mississippi currently sits at 74 percent, 20 percent higher than the state average, Sen. Nicole Aikens-Boyd says child care remains a huge issue in Mississippi.
5: You talk to all of my industry
4: um, in this area, um, particularly in Panola County, and when I go into an industry, the number one thing that they say that is an issue for them is child care for the workers.
7: For more Mississippi news, sports, and politics, find us online at supertalk.fm. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires. Just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance
0: for you. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I really enjoyed that conversation with Cuz Strickland. Uh, He's such an icon in the the outdoor industry. (coughs) Excuse me, I had a little frog in my throat. But anyway, it was just a great conversation. And we sort of committed during the break that we'd get together more often. But as as we had that conversation and talked a little bit about the the incredibly successful people that we've come in contact with along the way, I think about you, you have to think about people like Will Primos and, and Cus Strickland and Toxie Hayes and the people that they have come in contact with along the way, the way that they've been such great amb- outdoor ambassadors for the industry, really around the world, but certainly an ambassador from Mississippi, as they take you know this this place that I call often, the capital of the outdoors in America as they take sort of, uh, you know, Mississippi to, you know, wherever they go. And they represent us. And with that comes great responsibility. But they've had a lot of success in their lives. And it came from from being passionate about it and focused and putting their energy and burning the midnight oil, I like to say, to become successful. So I really enjoyed that conversation with guys. So now let's shift gears. We're gonna move over to Scott Baker. Scott is a wildlife biologist for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And as you hear me say pretty often on this show, that the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks is just full of incredibly committed professionals that are doing so much so that we can enjoy the outdoors and so that our kids, and our kids' kids can enjoy the outdoors. So without any further ado, let me welcome uh, Scott uh, Baker, wildlife biologist, to Super Talk Outdoors. How you doing, Scott?
5: Doing great, Ricky. Thank you for having me today. It's good to see you. Hey, so where are you right now? I'm in Brandon, Mississippi. Brandon, are you at home? I am at the house right now. Uh, Brandon's where I'm from. I work out of the Jackson office. I've worked for the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries for uh, 24 years now, and uh, have been in the wildlife management area program most of those years
3: yeah it's interesting when you think about the, all the successful programs that that the department has been involved in throughout the years uh, I mean we can cover the waterfront behind all of that work all that incredible work is science it's it's a lot of you know a lot of quantifying, uh, the specific species—it's a lot about habitat. But you've been involved in all of that, haven't you?
5: Yeah, sure have.
3: So if you're if you're talking to someone in an elevator and you got one floor to tell them what you
5: do, how do you explain it? Wow, Ricky. You know it. You know, I wake up every me myself. I wake up every day thinking about how I can make habitat better on our wildlife management areas for the species. Um, you know, we we we. We like the wildlife management, we enjoy offering hunting opportunities for the Mississippi sportsmen and sportsmen across the nation. So it's a very rewarding job, there's nothing, that never a day goes by that I don't have nothing to do and I feel like at the end of the day I've made an impact on what I have done.
3: Yeah, that's good. So if you look back on your career, what is, what is, I mean if you had to think of something that really made you proud, I mean of all the work that you've done, what's the thing that makes you the, the proudest? Uh,
5: that'd be tough. I, it's a good question, I, I need to put some deep thought into to give the, the better answer. But, you know, I, I enjoy habitat management. Um, that is one thing that helped get me into the field of wildlife management, is the managing the, the habitat in which the wildlife reside, trying to make it better, meet their uh, daily and yearly uh, life requirements. And, and when you do that, you make it better for the wildlife. You increase the abundance, the health of them. And in the meantime, you are providing better hunting opportunity for Mississippi sportsmen.
3: Yeah, I had, you know, it's interesting. I, as I was saying to Cuz earlier, I didn't deer hunt as a child. As I got a little bit older, I uh, got around a lot of people who enjoyed deer hunting, and I got into deer hunting. And, you know, later in my life, I mean, I was a member of clubs and you know, did that kind of stuff, but it wasn't until... Maybe seven years ago, six years ago, that I started entertaining the thought of leasing my own farms and then bringing some of my family into the conversation. One of the farms that we leased had been—they say it was select cut, but essentially it was clear cut. I mean, it was a mess. We went in there; we had spent a lot of money on rebuilding the roads and all that. The the, the lumber company, the 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 timber company, they um, they left a mess, and and I wasn't—I didn't understand at the time. That, that 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 was actually going to be over the next several years that was actually going to turn into some of the best habitat you've ever seen some of it's in the delta, some of it's in the hills and it turned out that way it's just incredible how much opening up that canopy and letting all this like wild stuff grow what it did to whole deer and, and turkey to some extent and other, other species um, That's a that's a fun thing to watch the evolution of woods isn't it
5: it is. And, you know, we're, you know, in our WMA system, we have several different types of WMAs, release land ownership WMAs. We have some that the state owns entirely. And so we can do anything, you know, whatever we want on that land base. We have other wildlife management areas that may be in uh, partnership with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers where they own the land and we manage it. So there is habitat management that, that can be done there, but it's in partnership with the Corps of Engineers. Uh, there's other WMAs that uh, may be on U.S. Forest Service land that they do all the habitat management and we manage the hunting season regulations, um, mm-hmm. the bag limits on those areas. So it's, it's, it's a wide range, but you know, talking about like what you are about the, the habitat management on our WMAs, we do timber management on, habitat management prescribed burning, you know, that we, we do manage the timber in a way that's for the primary species. And we try to do it where it covers a wide range of species. If, you know, if we have a, a deer-centric focus, we're going to manage that a little bit different than we would what we would for turkeys or for squirrel or for rabbit, quail, and so but on. A, on a large land base, uh, we can we can manage it where we're meeting the habitat requirements for all those species. So just like what you're talking about, it is I, I tell people it's kind of like cutting you you grass. You know, you dread cutting the grass. Most people do. At the end of the day, you look back at it and you feel a sense of accomplishment. You see that your yard's cutting. That's the same way with habitat management on WMA. Is that you know you're managing with timber, prescribed fire, uh, invasive species, whatever. You can you can see the results of what you've been working on there, and and, and, and take some sense of accomplishment in that.
3: Well, essentially, we've had shows here on Super where uh, uh, various folks from your department have talked about everything from invasive species. You know, I'm talking about animals in particular, but also you know vegetation. I, I think about um, when you think about in the hills where you know the hills these days, especially along the Mississippi Delta, tend to be inundated with kudzu. What's your view toward kudzu?
5: You know. Kudzu is okay in limited amounts. It's definitely a high protein source for deer. Uh, You you know, it does not do a good job as cover, in which when they brought kudzu in and started planting it in Mississippi and across the Southeast, they thought it was gonna help with soil erosion, and that's not the case. But a limited, uh, a very limited amount of kudzu is fine, but it's hard to keep it limited. But, but, you know, deer, deer do love it. You know, it is high in nutrition, and, and they can consume a lot of it.
3: They do. They really do. So I think people, there's been some debate about whether deer eat kudzu or not, but they definitely do, especially at a time that's critical to antler development, I, I would assume.
5: Yes, that's right. We've got some WMAs with kudzu on it. One of them particular I'm thinking of is going to be, Cane Mountain WMA down in Claiborne County and has a public road, a state highway run on the edge of the the bluff there and you can see the kudzu and you can see the deer trails are wore down in the kudzu where the deer like to travel in there and eat during the summer months.
3: On the other hand, once the kudzu starts to die when fall gets here and you get the first frost... What it leaves behind, at least in the thick areas, is sort of a plane. plain. <laughs> you know, yeah. to, uh, as you pointed out, not much cover. In fact, it, when it gets in the areas that have a lot of cover, it, it has a way of consuming all of that eventually as well. So, it's um, it's a, it's it's a tale of two worlds, isn't it? It is, sure is. So look, when, when you um, when, when you guys are constantly making adjustments and regulations and all of this. You just follow the science and you're, you're really focused on leaving a legacy as i mentioned at the beginning of this of the show legacy for our kids and our kids kids but the, the department is always focused on what's what's the impact of everything that we do as outdoorsmen on the future viability of enjoying the outdoors that drives you guys doesn't
5: it it does you know we like to, to maximize the hunting opportunity out there and have a a sound and healthy wildlife population. so it's, it's a balancing act you're trying to you want to maximize recreational activity on the, the land base but you also want to do it to a not to a point that it compromises the wildlife populations
3: yeah we've had conversation recently about waterfowl and while there may be you know, lots of issues related to why duck hunting may be down in Mississippi, you know, it's a, there's a, there's a lot of different points of view about that. You guys have actually generally done really well with with uh, with waterfowl habitat at your WMA's, and have had some really good hunts. That's got that's got to be something that gives you a lot of pride as well, huh?
5: It does. You know, uh, Mississippi is one of the the states a lot of hunters travel to outside of the you know, Mississippi Flyway to, to come hunt and, and so that's a result of good habitat management uh, healthy waterfowl populations uh, good hunting opportunities
3: hey let's do this when we come back we'll continue our conversation uh, We, uh, we, we there's, a, there's a lot of ground to cover in the final segment so we look forward to having you back here with Scott Baker who's a wildlife biologist for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife History in the Park see you after this break
6: that sweet soul for yeah. him so three Mississippi to this land called home i breathe Mississippi till I'm dead King of Clean. How do you
7: and your staff get things done? Teamwork. When a team works together, they can do anything. That's why all of us at Janny King, the King of Clean, are excited to team up with you. At Janny King, our team has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning your places for work, education, medical attention, eageries, stadiums, and worship. Let our team help your team. Go to JannyKingCleans.com and trust your clean to the king. That's JannyKingCleans.com. Janny King, the King of
0: Clean. Everyone loves 90s country, and nobody does it better than Mustache the Band. You've seen them in Starkville. You've seen them in Oxford. Now see them live on the main stage at Holmes Community College's 2022 homecoming. Mustache the Band is a non-stop party. Want to be there? Make a dash for this stash. At Holmes Community College's Homecoming Bash in Goodman, Thursday, October 27th. For all the details, check out homescc.edu. Wear
2: your boots, and we'll see you there. Finish a college course in half or even a quarter of the time. I
0: just finished my college class in one month. How awesome is that? Computer applications one month? Record time, baby. American history, four weeks. Done. I love
2: it. Finish an entire college
0: class in half the time. You're done in as little as one month. At Holmes Community College. It's so fast. An entire college class in half the time? Yes, I just finished
2: another one. Enroll today at Holmes Community College.
0: No place like Holmes. No place like Holmes.
6: Reed's Metals Pole Barns are a great economical solution for recreational equipment and livestock or to be used as equipment product sheds. They're lightweight and easy to install. Trusses are available in preset sizes or may be custom ordered. Plus, we have many profile options. Over 20 colors to select from and a written 45-year paint warranty. Call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven at 866-604-4949 or stop by 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast in Brookhaven. Online, by direct and save at reedsmetals.com. Fall is here, which means school is in session, cooler weather, and football. If you are like most families, you're always on the go. Polk's has great dinner ideas for your busy family, like Polk's smoked sausages or delicious ham steaks, great for something quick and easy. Or how about Polk's Cajun or Garlic and Green Onion Smoked Sausage? Add great flavor to your red beans and rice, jambalaya, gumbo, or spaghetti night. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick
0: Polk's. This is Jake Mangum, player for the New York Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. I know a thing or two about the value of a strong team. Farm Bureau works hard to get me through thick and thin. They've got exceptional customer service and competitive insurance rates that keep me protected. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk, Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk, Mississippi. It's cuts and Walls and falls.
3: The super talk outdoors have Scott Baker, he's a wildlife biologist for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks. Scott, I'm I'm fully aware that when I talk about leasing three farms in the Mississippi Delta, that and I know I know what it costs to lease three farms in the Mississippi Delta, and not everybody has the opportunity to be able to do that. And I get that completely. And that's one of the reasons why on this show we talk a lot about the WMAs. And the work that the state has done to create some of the most incredible public hunting opportunities in the United States, right here in Mississippi, that's something that's a source of pride for the department. But, but it's true, the opportunities for public hunting in this state are truly incredible, aren't they?
5: They are. You know, we've got uh, fifty-four wildlife managed areas across the state. Uh, and that's just the, the state-managed WMAs. If you consider the other public land hunting opportunities we have between U.S. Forest Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, National Wildlife Refugees, core land, uh, there's over a million acres available for public hunting in the state of Mississippi.
3: Wow, that, really, that's, that's incredible. Why don't you kind of, for people who may be sort of new to this conversation, give them a sense of where, where the various WMAs are located.
5: Sure, you know, they're, they're actually uh, from border to border, uh, from Tennessee, you know, Tennessee line down to the Gulf Coast and east to west, we've got at least two WMAs on the Mississippi River. There's not too many, there's, uh, that, that's probably the only public land in the state of Mississippi that if somebody actually wanted to, to stand on the bank and look at the Mississippi River, they could do that. And, and we offer that, you know, Shipland WMA and Riverfront Wildlife Management that's gonna be up near Rosedale. Uh, we've got Pascola River WMA that's in George and Jackson County toward the coast. Uh, you get on the Tennessee line, we've got uh, Charles Ray Nix, which is just south of Memphis, and you got Tuscumbia WMA over on the where the Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi corner all come together so Within an hour of anybody's house in the state of Mississippi, they can be on public land hunting, in particular, our wildlife management areas.
3: And it most recently added to Phil Bryant. I mean, what a what an incredible addition that was.
5: Oh, yeah. We got Phil Bryant, which is, I believe, somewhere around maybe 18,000 acres. And you got 13,000 acres of Mahana W. May that joins up. So that is a very large land base right there that offers some premier deer hunting, duck hunting, Squirrel hunting, if somebody wanted to go kill a, a black squirrel, uh, you know, a gray squirrel, a uh, red squirrel, uh, you know, they can all do it right there on Phil Bright and Mahana W. That's
3: incredible. So if someone wants to go. It, is the demand so high that it's sort of hard to find a way to navigate through the public uh, 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 WMA's? what advice do you have for people
5: you know ricky not so much but i believe people do feel overwhelmed by public you know hunting and think it's going to be a hunter behind every tree and, and there is going to be more hunters out there on the opening days but it's not so many hunters today that you can't find a place to go hunt. Take, for example, I, I do a good bit of squirrel hunting with a dog on public land, in particular WMAs, and never has there once been a time that I went hunting that I pull up on a hunting area. If there was another truck there, well, I moved on to somewhere else. I could always find somewhere that I could go hunt and I didn't have to worry about imposing on somebody else. So, uh, you know, for a hunter that's gonna hunt a WMA, I would tell them, you know, for especially a first-time WMA hunter. Go on our agency websites, You can pull up a aerial photo that has the boundaries shown on it. come familiar with it from the from the air, from satellite view. Then, you know, you can print off that map. Or you can actually get it on your phone. Take it to you on the when um, you're out there on the WMA. Be familiar with it. Um, Man, you know, Ricky, there's just so much opportunity, it's hard to, to summarize it, but hunters don't need to be overwhelmed and feel uh, feel like it's, it's too much. They just need to get out there just like you did on your own farms. You got to get out there and start learning it, scouting it, and after several trips out there, you become more familiar with it, and same with our WMAs.
3: Hey, listen, you mentioned Pascagoula, but man, are we lucky to have that incredible undamned waterway here in Mississippi. People don't really understand how significant it is as this unbelievable natural resource that Mississippi should be unbelievably proud of.
5: You're right. That's over 40,000 acres right there in one solid continuous land base between George and Jackson counties that offers every kind of hunting that you could ever want to do. You know, most of it's going to be in the floodplain. So, you know, most of the hunting is going to be deer and squirrel-related, a lot of waterfowl opportunity there in the way of wood ducks. Uh, but, you know, and I've been wanting to get down there and combine a fishing and hunting trip into it because, you know, a lot of camping opportunities there along the uh, Pascua River. And, uh, man, you know, some of the best fishing between the catfish in the river itself and bass, bream, and crappie in the Oxbow Lakes. I, I could stay busy in the daytime when when the hunting season's open now between the hunting and fishing
3: there. My, my son Jordan went there recently and he we that's you know we spent all of our time in the backwaters here in Biloxi and, and elsewhere. But he he went there and was blown away with how many how many little ponds there were you know jutting off of it and you know we have a few here. But he said, Dad, it's literally thousands. It's unbelievable. You'll never be able to fish them all. Oh, Scott Baker, it's been a pleasure to
5: spend some time with you today, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Ricky. I hope you get to come back on sometime. We'll
3: have you back for sure, man. We love talking to people from the department. That is for sure. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for joining us here today. Really enjoyed bringing the show to you. And as I always end every show, please, please put safety first when you're in the outdoors. There's nothing more important than safety first. God bless you, and we'll see you next Monday.